You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby, here with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this episode, we're going to be discussing how Jerry and I got into real estate and also discussing some of the many ways that you can make money in the real estate industry. Oh, this one's going to be a good one. There are so many ways that you can make money in the real estate game. Uh, This space is just full of opportunities, whether you want to be a realtor, an investor, a part-time realtor, a broker. I mean, there's just the, you know, the list goes on and on with what you can do inside of the real estate space. Definitely. And one of the things that I think is always interesting, especially when you talk to people that are in the real estate industry, specifically as realtors, a lot of times how they got into being a realtor wasn't ever part of the plan. But uh, for you, like, what were some of the reasons that you wanted to get into real estate or how did you actually find yourself in the position that you're in right now? Yeah, so it kind of a lengthy story and it goes back through when I was going through some tough times in when I was in the heating and cooling space. I was uh, partners uh, in HVAC business that we had to close down. And then at that point, I went to work for somebody for three years. I went and ran their commercial uh, HVAC service department for them, handled all the sales and management of the tax. And I hated that job. I mean, it was just like, that's all it was, was a job. Didn't like going I didn't like uh, where I worked. I wasn't happy with it. And over probably four or five years, the broker I now work for, Mike DePasquale, he was um, pounding me, hounding me and hounding me to get my real estate license. He said, you'd be good at this. You know so many people. You'd be a natural fit. You need to get your license. I mean, probably a good three or four years every time I had seen him or every now and then he'd just shoot me a text. Uh, just to get my license. Um, And then there was one day in 2012, he shoots me a text, hey, go check your email and log into my, you know, I I jump on the computer, check my email. And lo and behold, there is the course, uh, the real estate course with my login information. He jumped on and paid for the online class to get my real estate license and said, yeah, get your license. No excuse now. And so I'd started the class and stopped it and started it and stopped it. And then it was in February of 2013. I said, all right, I'm getting, I'm going to do the course and get my license. Just that's how it's going to go. And so uh, I did the whole online course in one week. I worked all day. I came home, camped out at the dining room table and took that online course. And then two weeks later, took the test, passed the test. And that's how I got into real estate great part of uh, how I got hooked on real estate though was in the state of Michigan at the time when you went to take your test, you would actually, if you identified your broker on your application to take the test, you would get your license. They would print it for you right there at the test site. And so I took the test, passed it and walked out 
of uh, the classroom with my license in hand. And I had not told anyone outside of my immediate family that I was getting my license. So I, right at that time, one of my buddies called me up and uh, hey, I go, guess what? I'm a realtor, just passed my class. And he's like, no way. He said, D and I were just talking last night that we're moving to Canton. So it looks like I got a realtor. So I had my, I got my first client in about three minutes of being a licensed realtor. Yeah, man. I remember you telling that story on a, on another episode. That is just unreal. Like get your license, get your first client that quickly. That is just absolutely awesome. Uh, and then we found a house right away. We had a, I had my first closing within a month. So to have that first commission check that quick, I was hooked. Yeah, that that's just absolutely awesome. So man, good story. Um, so how I'll just go into mine just a little bit here and then we can unpack this whole thing. So whenever I was thinking about getting into real estate, I never thought at all about being a realtor. And so uh, my journey kind of really started down the passive income journey. And so uh, whenever I was getting out of the military in 2012, we had they make you take these transition classes when you're going from the military into civilian life. And just so you can kind of know kind of what what's going to be coming at you because the military takes such good care of you. You literally don't have to worry about anything. It's like they just take care of everything for you. And so <clears throat> they're just, they're kind of explaining things. And we had a guy come and he spoke and he talked about financial IQ. And then he also spoke about rich dad, poor dad. He was talking a lot about Robert Kiyosaki. And so I had never heard of Robert Kiyosaki, never heard of rich dad, poor dad, and really had never thought about my fi financial IQ. And so as I started to read this book, you know, Mr. Kiyosaki kind of talks about owning properties, uh, mailbox money is a lot of what people call it. And so for myself, I just, I, you know, young and newly married was just thinking of how can I provide for my family, but also not spend all my time at my job. And so that was like the one question that I wanted to answer. And I had never really spoken to anybody about it up to that time in my life or even thought about it. But I was like, man, I want to be able to make more money and I want to be able to help more people with my monetary assets. But I don't know how to do that without spending more time at my job, without trading time for money. And so that was really the main question that I wanted to answer. And as I went down that journey, I found real estate. I think they said there, you can either own a business uh, get into real estate. And then they also talked about like the energy industry, like producing oil, which is what we do here in Midland, Odessa. And really real estate was kind of the easiest path, or I would say the one of the easiest paths to get into being able to make, you know, more money and create wealth and do that thing. Because if you're going to be in the oil industry, you need a ton of money. If you're going to start a business, you usually need some cash or some capital or a lot of time to start that up. And I didn't know anything about business. And so uh, I also saw that most of the millionaires and billionaires that were, you know, you look on like the Forbes list and all that, all of them had real estate in their portfolio somewhere. And so that was kind of how I started to think about uh, getting into real estate and doing that whole thing. And then uh, kind of fast forward, as I got out of the military, I was wanting to purchase properties. I couldn't get realtors to give me uh, information on the market quick enough because I didn't ha really have any money. And so I guess they thought I was kind of wasting their time. And so I decided to get my license so I could learn a little bit more about the market. And then uh, didn't end up, 
you know, didn't end up uh, moving forward with taking over my dad's business and just kind of transitioned into helping people buy and sell houses and then also purchasing them myself. So that was kind of how I got into into that journey uh, of going down this real estate career, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of neat where you got into real estate out of the investment side and then slipped into the agent side. Uh, I got in as an agent and then slipped into the investment side. Now uh, our businesses, they look, you know, our businesses are eerily similar uh, in a lot of areas, even though you're in Midland, Texas, and I'm in Canton, Michigan. Yeah, so it's pretty neat how fluid the real estate space can be. There's so many different options. Uh, definitely, uh, that definitely shows some truth to that. Yeah, so that's kind of the, our stories on how we got into real estate. Uh, mine was, uh, you know, I hated my job and I needed to find a career that would help me make up for some lost time uh, as far as like when we, you know, through the bankruptcy and foreclosure. So basically I was back to starting at ground zero. It was pretty intimidating too to go into real estate. While I always had jobs that were heavily commission-based, I'd never had a job that was 100% commission-based. Uh, you know, you don't sell a house, you don't eat. You know, you uh, what's the saying? You uh, eat what you kill. And so I had never been in that position. I was also 43 years old with three kids and trying to start over. But it was the one job, uh, the one, you know, career that I could quickly get into. I could hustle to make it work. And uh, it would allow me to make enough money to make up for the years that, uh, you know, for going back to ground zero. Yeah. And for myself, I, I had, I was always in a job that was just, you sparked this idea in my head. I was always in a job where I got paid a fixed income, I guess you could say. And that was always one thing that like drove me absolutely nuts. Like it drove me bonkers. And so for me to go to, to find something that was, as you say, you know, eat what you kill. Like I was, terrified of that but I was also very excited because it's like you know whatever you do and whatever you actually um, sell that is what you will get paid for and so I'm, I'm very of the mindset that you should be paid for the value that you bring and so you know just being able to be creative and being able to um, try to find different ways to help people and find solutions was like really exciting for me. I'd never had that opportunity before. And so this like getting into real estate really gave me that opportunity to be able to, you know, be creative and then also be compensated for that as well. Like there's absolutely no limit. There's no limit to how much money you can make or, you know, what you can do it's solely based off of, you know, how much value you can add to people and, and getting that from the marketplace. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, for me, it's definitely, I love the, I love this industry. I'm having a, a great time with it. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of different avenues. You can get really creative in the space. There's one thing that seems to pop up all the time as an agent. I either, uh, when you talk to people, uh, you hear a lot of times, Hey, I thought about getting into real estate or, uh, I had my license before, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't do it. My license is at holding or I let my license lapse. So there's so many people have considered this industry. And I think uh, part of the attractiveness is, is all the, the different ways that you can make this work. I've, you know, we have an agent in our brokerage. She does like, 
you know, she does, she's a really good agent. She does six or seven houses a year. Uh, she's on the PTA. She's raising twins. And so it works perfect for them. Uh, they use her, you know, they've got in, in their family, they have something set up where her income is what funds like the, you know, the kids uh, activities and some vacations. And so as long as she can keep to that four or five, six houses a year, it works perfect for them. And that, and so, you know, where sometimes you see people, oh, you can't be a part-time agent. Well, I've seen some pretty successful part-time agents really attain the goals in their lives. And then, you know, on the flip side, we know some guys running teams that are, you know, doing four or five, 600 transactions a year as their team. And so, and you can, you can land anywhere in between there. I think that's, what's really neat about real estate. It is. It's just absolutely wide open. That's one thing that I really like about it as well. The other thing that I think is really interesting is I think everybody is interested in real estate, right? So, you know, if if someone doesn't own a home, you know, it's like the American dream to own a home. And so to own your own piece of land, to own your own, I like to think of it as like a castle, like your kingdom, you know? And so if somebody doesn't own a home, they probably thought about owning a home or wanting to own a home. And then if someone does own a home, they know the importance of it. And either those people want to know like what the value of their house is, or like they want to know more about it. Like, should they sell their house and move up or whatever else? Or they want to buy more real estate because they've seen, you know, kind of the advantages to actually owning a home, you know? And then one of the things that I, I see more often than not is that a lot of folks think that in order to get into real estate, the only thing you can do is actually get your license, you know? And so that's one thing that I like to talk to people about is that, you know, there are different ways and different avenues for you to um, get into real estate. You don't, the, the sole way is not just to be a real estate agent or to be a broker. You know, there are other ways. And you kind of had mentioned that, you know, you started out on the sales side. I kind of started out on the investment side, you know? And so I think that's one thing that kind of needs to be explained to folks or, or can open folks up to realizing that there is more out there. I think one thing you made me think of as you're saying that was, you know, it's pretty easy to get your real estate license in most states. You know, you've got to take uh, in Michigan, you do a 40 hour class and you take a test uh, and get your license. I don't know what it is in Texas, but uh, what is it in Texas? You know, that's a really good question. I'm not sure what it is anymore either. I can't remember <laughs> if it's um, 120 hours or 90 hours. I can't remember because oh, I got my, they've changed it and I got my license back in 2015. So they've changed a lot of it up recently. So I'd have to go back and go back and look at that. But that's a, that's a really good point that you bring up though. Yeah. So, you know, it, um, you know, so it's not, I mean, whether it's 40 hours or 120 hours, that's not crazy to be able to get a license to, uh, you know, to be able to own your own business. And when you're a realtor, in most instances, you, uh, you, you put your license at a brokerage and you're an independent contractor in essence. Um, and so you, uh, if you sell houses, you give your broker some money and you get some money, uh, depending on which brokerage you're with. But the one thing I found is that when you do get your license, it's, it can be really intimidating in that you don't really know where to start. Like, cause I, I've had this conversation with a lot of agents. Okay. I have my license. Now what? Like, I don't know what to do. Uh, just start, you know, I, I've just started to tell people I have my license and there's no, no real good direction. Um, so it's, you know, again, comes down to making sure you're surrounding yourself with good people that are going to help you to attain your goals. 
But the one thing when you get your license that I think is the biggest is really define what it is you're trying to do. If you can get it, if you can define your goal and what you need uh, that real estate license to produce for you, then you can formulate a plan to get there. If it's, you know, I'm trying to, you know, provide for my family and make the most income, then, you know, that's the one route you're going. If you're trying to make, you know, 20 or $30,000 a year on a part-time basis, you know, your plan's going to be a little different. And if you're using it to get into the investment side, your plan's going to be a little different. Like, so for every direction you can go, you want to make sure that you're, you have clarity on what you're trying to do. I see that as probably the biggest mistake or hurdle, new, hurdles new agents have as they get into the business. I think that's exactly right. So anybody, even if you're wanting to be an investor or if you're just wanting to be an agent, starting with what do you actually want, I think is the absolute most important portion. Because like whenever I started out, I really was just looking, I was looking for passive income. And I know there's nothing, no income out there that's truly, truly passive. But what I was, what I meant is, is like, I didn't have to literally trade hours for time. And so for myself, like I wanted to be able to purchase properties and figure out ways to purchase properties so that I could. And so I like, I like being a landlord. I think being a landlord is fun. I think it's a great service to, to offer to folks. And then I have other folks that I talk to because we're, we're talking about, you know, building, building our real estate team. Well, there are some folks they are like, man, I would just like to sell one or two houses, you know, be able to sell one or two houses and just supplement my income with a little bit, with a little bit extra, you know? And so one of the strategies that I even talk to folks about, you go, it's very easy to get your real estate license. I mean, I think I got my license and I did everything in 30 days. Um, uh, that's studying, taking the test, doing all that. I did it in 30 days. And so if you can get your license, we also, in the industry, uh, we do a lot of referrals. And so if you know someone that's possibly looking to buy or sell a house, uh, usually the average typical referral fee is 25%. And so, you know, if you find somebody and you refer them to an agent that's actually active, you could be doing another job somewhere else, even in another state, you know, you just uh, refer that person to the agent. As soon as they find a house, buy a house, or they sell a house, then you just get a check, 25%. It's like so simple, so easy, so awesome. So that's like, there are a lot of different ways to make money. And that's like one that I kind of talk to people about because most people, or at least a lot of folks that I come in contact with, like they want to be able to like supplement kind of what they're doing. And then they, you know, they're trying to find ways to do two jobs at once, which is really, really hard, you know? And so one great way to do that is to be able to partner up with people. Yeah, that is a, a great example. I as we were going into this conversation, that one kind of slipped my mind and that, um, you know, there's agents out there that never sell any houses. They just refer. And what's, you know, when you can set it up where you can refer locally or you can set up and find agents, you know, around the country and, um, you know, state to state referrals happen all the time. And it is a great way. So just to kind of break that down. So if I have my license, um, I don't have to sell any properties, but I can just refer them to you. And then you'd pay me a referral fee once that transaction closes. And all I had to do was pass the name along to you. That's exactly right. You can't do that with someone with just a regular individual. So in Texas, we have you in order to pay someone off of a commission from the sale of a house, they have to have a license. And so you would need a license in order to get paid a 
referral fee or a commission, part of that commission. Yep, that's the same thing here. So definitely have to have your license, but you can have your license and make money and not uh, actually ever have to show a house. It's the greatest. It's the greatest of, uh, of both worlds, man. You literally yep. just know people and then yep. tell somebody about that person. You don't even have to know where they're moving, what they want, or anything. Literally, yep. just say, "Hey, Jerry, John wants to buy a house. Whenever you find him a house, can you please write me a check for twenty five percent of that?" Yep. Yep. There's lots of different ways, and uh, to kind of just go through the transition. So I got my uh, real estate license, um, like I said, in 2013. I came out of the gate and I was just hustling, uh, just trying to put down as many transactions as I could. The neat thing, you know, as I look back uh, over the history, I, I see how I've transitioned. Um, now, what I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, still do that, still really working um, the, the people I know and trying to help as many people as I can. But I'm also building a team, trying to uh, provide an, uh, you know, a place that will employ people and help agents that don't want to necessarily be out on their own uh, get into it. So that's the other way is as a realtor, you, you don't have to just come in on your own. You can join a team. There's a lot of teams out there. You find a team that kind of lines up with you and what you want to do. Uh, for me, I'm trying to build a team of individuals that are like-minded and I want to, you know, just as I get excited about selling real estate, I get excited about bringing people along, helping people, you know, fulfill their dreams. I think that's really good. So like, like you said, it's kind of our businesses are eerily uh, similar. And so we are in like the same, uh, same position, the same spot. And so what I what I have found, and what I see is that most people, whenever they get their license, a lot of people get their license because they like houses. They just, they like to show houses. They like to see what houses look like. They like to help people. And uh, the crazy thing is, is that once you actually get into uh, real estate as a realtor, what you figure out is that probably showing houses and doing that thing is probably maybe what, 20% of your time, maybe, would you say? How much yeah, of your time is showing I, houses? I don't even know. Yeah, it's probably not even that much. I guess I've never broke that time down, but um, it's, it's not, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, 20% that might be on. Uh, that might be a little high, but um, it's definitely not a majority of what you're doing. That's for sure. For sure. So I was just trying to be optimistic and say 20% because anytime you see like, you know, million dollar listing or whatever else, all you see are people showing houses and having fun looking at pretty houses and throwing parties and doing that whole thing. And so, you know, you come to realize real quick that uh, most of my time is spent either calling people on the phone, following up with them or, you know, <laughs> trying to make sure title is clear and that uh, my client has insurance and that they actually, you know, didn't buy a car or a boat before they actually <laughs> purchased their home, you know? And so, so you, uh, you, so everybody kind of jokes about that. You know, I remember I had, uh, it was probably about three years ago, we were like two weeks from closing and the lender calls me and says, Hey, your client bought a Lincoln at $600 a month. <laughs> he can no longer buy the house. So I mean, legitimately that, you know, like a lot of agents joke about that, but that's a, that was a legitimate thing. This guy went and bought a Lincoln in the middle of uh, his transaction and that bumped him out of being able to qualify for a mortgage. So hopefully he enjoys that Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So part of my, the reason for saying that is like exactly what you're saying is that, you know, one way, if you are thinking about, you know, getting your license or becoming, you know, helping or selling real estate is, 
uh, going on a team. And so that's what we're doing with our team is we're setting up systems to where folks who want to get into the real estate industry, literally all they have to do is do the best part of real estate. Just come and show houses, meet people and uh, give them a great experience. Like that's what we're moving towards uh, in order to help people. And so uh, when you get in, there's a lot of, you know, you figure out what is what, but uh, you know, finding a team and having a team that has those processes to help you out is, is really, really good. So you need a process. It's not like uh, on TV where uh, you take a buyer out, you show them three houses and they have to pick one of the three. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not, <laughs> it's not like that at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then there's the, yeah, there's the real estate side. And then for me, I, you know, transfer, you know, I, I made that transition from realtor to looking at the investment side uh, a little over two and a half years ago, you and I went to that uh, real estate worldwide conference. Um, Kent Clothier, Sean Terry, Justin Colby, uh, Uncle G, Grant Cardone was there. So it was a a great three or four days for me. I mean, extremely eye opening to get into the investment side. Um, I could never understand. I guess the biggest surprise to me coming out of that was that fifty percent of all properties sold don't they don't go through an agent. And that was crazy to me. And that was pretty well a nationwide, you know, that's a, a national statistic, you know, plus or minus in some areas, but that half of the transactions are not being sold through a realtor. So the way I looked at it was like, okay, I'm competing with, you know, in our market, we have 18,000 realtors, uh, give or take some. And so I'm competing with all the listings against 18,000 people, but half of the properties being sold aren't going through that pool. So, and I need, I really need to start to take a look at that. And that's where the whole investment side started to come in for me. Yeah. And then for me, I, I started out on the investment side, right? So like um, we went, me and you, we went to that, uh, to that event, but I had already been re- kind of researching all of that stuff beforehand. That's how I, that's how I got in. And um, it's, it's really interesting because I think the majority of folks would probably think that, the only way for you to be able to buy a house is actually through a realtor. But in all actuality, if you own a property, you can actually sell your house to someone at your kitchen table on a napkin, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. A napkin can, and you write on it, you can consider that a contract yep. and then you can actually sell your house. So that's um, not the recommended model. That is not the recommended <laughs> model unless you have a very good knowledge of real estate and title and how deeds transfer and all that. But the truth is that's how simple the process can be is if you know somebody and you, and you want to do that. But uh, yeah, 50%, I think that also is really interesting. 50% of uh, transactions are done without a realtor and uh, the investment side, depending on what you want to do is a lot of my clients, once they buy a primary home, they are also thinking about investing. Like that's the next step. Yeah. And so I don't want this to get too, confusing or feel like we're all over the board where, you know, the whole idea behind the conversation is just that, you know, how we got into real estate, we wanted to share that. But, you know, what does that mean uh, to you? You know, my story uh, may be neat to me, but what, you know, what does that mean to you? And what we're trying to get across is this idea that there's just, uh, you know, there's like 10,000 different ways to be in real estate. So you can have your license. Uh, we talked about the different models. Like there's the, you know, you can just refer people. You can work with buyers. You can join a team. You can go out on your own. Uh, in the state of Michigan, once you're, uh, once you are a 
an agent for three years, you can get your brokerage license and open the broker and open the brokerage. You know, so there's just a ton of different ways on the traditional real estate side. And there's probably uh, twice as many ways on the uh, investment side. And so we're not going to get into all of it, but these are all things that, you know, over time we'll talk about. And if you have any questions, we definitely, you know, hit us up in the Facebook group. We'd love to, to answer them. You know, on the investment side, you've got people that wholesale houses. And so what they do is they, they work with a seller and they get the house under contract. And instead of buying that house themselves, they turn around and find somebody to buy the contract from them. And so they get a, called an assignment fee. Um, so you have wholesaling, you've got the, you know, everybody knows about, you know, flipping houses. Uh, there's some good TV shows on that and, uh, that's what they are is just TV shows, uh, when it comes to, uh, understanding the flipping game. Um, you can be a landlord. Uh, so what do we got? We got wholesale, fix and flips, landlord. Yeah, those are the three major ones. Um, but there's inside of those, there's all kinds of intricacies in, in dealing with investments and how to find properties. Um, so again, I just really encourage you, uh, you know, Jacoby and I both love talking about real estate. We, I, I you know, I, I love answering questions, helping people, uh, definitely, you know, reach out to us through our Facebook group, uh, the Jerry and Jacoby podcast group. And we'd love to have a conversation with you about what it looks like, um, or what avenue of real estate might be good for you. Yeah, I think that's really, that's really, really good. Uh, there are tons of ways if you are thinking about getting into real estate, like you said, we would love to be able to speak with you and then transition into one point. I really like, always like to figure out how people get to the mindset of where they are. So like for you, Jerry, what are, I spoke about a couple of resources that I looked at, which was rich dad, poor dad, and then a few other things. But for you, what are some things even before you got into real estate? And then now that you are into real estate, like, what are some resources that you go to? And then like kind of some of the things that you think about uh, whenever, you know, real estate comes to mind. Yeah. For me, what really helped is I was involved in like the Dan Kennedy, it was called GKIC marketing, Dan Kennedy, Bill Glazer. These guys are like the, you know, the godfathers of direct mail marketing. Um, and so when I started to put myself in that circle, it started, you know, I started putting myself around, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, creative business guys. Um, there were some realtors in there, but it was just kind of really shifting that mindset to, you know, to be a business owner, to be a small business owner, um, and that you didn't need to have a large company to really, you know, do some damage uh, in, in whatever space you were in. Um, originally started going to those meetings and, and being in participating in those groups when I was in heating and cooling. But that was really just uh, some phenomenal prep work for me to get into, um, you know, to get into, into the real estate space. And then if you look back, you know, as part of that, um, you know, a big mind shift was the Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Um, you know, there's, there's certain books that when you are in a certain space, like in the real estate investment or entrepreneur space, that uh, seems like everybody's uh, read and has had some influence on them. Think and Go Rich is one of them. Um, most investors, you know, will have read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, you know, and they've written out the cash flow. Uh, what are they? The the cash flow quadrant at one point or another. And so those are some really good uh, resources. But one that has, you know, and, and it bringing all those together, the one that I think has been pretty impactful is. Uh, Russell Brunson, 
the owner of ClickFunnels. And not just the stuff uh, that he talks about inside of ClickFunnels and the, the ClickFunnels product, but um, his books, his you know videos, uh, a lot of his mindset and philosophy on how to operate a business uh, has been really influential on how I've set um, how I've set our team and our business up. Those are all great resources. And so I'll just reiterate a couple of those. Like I said, for myself is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then uh, Napoleon Hill is just a great author. I think How to Raise Your Salary is another great book that uh, Napoleon Hill has has written. And then one of the others that we haven't talked about uh, in this episode yet is The E-Myth is one that I think is very, very, very good important for people to read because it talks about um, <clears throat> going from a technician to like a business owner. And so I think that is just really good for people to uh, have that knowledge. Even if you don't want to be a business owner or anything like that, it will help you in your relationship with maybe your boss or the other person that you, uh, or someone that maybe supervises you, or if you are a supervisor, it would be really helpful as well because it talks about systems and how to set systems up and your mindset as a technician versus a business owner. So I think those are all great resources uh, for, for you to reach out and, uh, take a look at. Also, the other thing that we have not talked about, and I know we've both gotten a lot of value is having a good coach. Um, you know, you got to take a look at your situation, where are you at? And is there a coach out there that can help you attain the goal that you have set? And so that's why I think it's important to have clarity on what you're trying to accomplish and put the people around you, um, you know, put, put the people around you, uh, that are going to help you get there. And for us, uh, you know, we were involved in some coaching programs and we've made some changes in those. Uh, we've, we sought out some coaching on the investment side and on the real estate side and, and the real estate side. <laughs> the one thing that's crazy about the real estate space is, um, there's a million different coaches out there. I mean, there's, uh, there's definitely an overload of information. So from your standpoint, you know, it's, it comes down to talking to other people and seeing what, what is it's going to be best for you. And in the stuff we're talking about, it's not, uh, this just doesn't go for the real estate space. Uh, it doesn't matter what space you're in, whether you're a doctor, a financial planner, or you're running your own practice of some store or service provider. I mean, these are all things that will, will cross all paths uh, and, and work in that. This just isn't for the real estate space at all. All very, very good points. And so now we're going to take a short break for our podcast feature, Time to Invest. All right. So it is the feature here, Time to Invest, one of my favorite parts of the podcast here. And so this week, I want to come to you and talk to you a little bit about a concept that I've been learning ever since I started investing in real estate. And it's actually really helped me as I learn more and more about just investing in general. And the concept here is just this concept that you make your money whenever you make a purchase in real estate. So the most important time to make your money is in the initial phases whenever you're purchasing your property. And so whenever I was learning the foundations of real estate investing, one of the key points that I really took away that I feel like the trainer that I learned from really made a distinction. And what they said was, is whenever you make your purchase, you make your purchase on where the market is at and you have to buy your properties at a discount in order to make money. You cannot rely on the appreciation 
of the property in order to make your money. If you do that, you are putting yourself at extreme, extreme risk. And he actually called it gambling. And so whenever you purchase something at a retail cost, so there's a difference between discount and retail. Retail is what everybody pays. Discount price is what all investors pay. Investors always buy things at a discount. And so whenever you make your purchase, you have to be looking for a great deal and you have to buy at a discount. And so what he said is if you are buying properties at the retail price and you are hoping for appreciation, then you are actually not investing. You are actually gambling. And so in my head, that was a clear distinction between like, how do I become successful in, in, in uh, real estate investing and in real estate? And what is the difference? And that is one of the key, key differences. And so whenever you purchase a property, you always have to purchase it at a discount, knowing that when you sell it based off of the analysis that you did, that you're going to make money. And then if the house appreciates, then you just make that much more on top of what you had already put in place for you to, uh, for you to make. And then if say the market goes down, you still have your uh, cushion in there that you actually, that you actually had already um, calculated in. So let me give you a quick example. Let's say that a property that you are purchasing, I always use $100,000 because it's very, very easy, 100%, $100,000. Normally, whenever you purchase a property, you want to purchase the property at 75% of whatever the value is minus what the repairs cost. And so automatically, if a house is worth $100,000, your initial Pro, your initial offer is going to be 75000 If you have to do absolutely nothing to the property, your initial offer will be $75,000. let us say you have to do $10,000 in repairs, $75,000 minus $10,000 is $65,000. That is going to be the offer that you make. And so whenever something happens, you know that you're going to make money on that property. And if the property appreciates, then you will just have that much more return. And so this is a very, very foundational key in investing. And it's actually a foundational thing in anything you do in life, right? It's how you start something and where you're going to go. Always begin with the end in mind. And when you're in the beginning, you have to be very, very disciplined in your approach when you're doing any kind of investment. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that. Always remember, you make your money whenever you buy. So hope you all enjoyed that and uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Welcome back. So glad that you joined us here for the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. On this episode, we spoke about how Jerry and I actually got into real estate and some of the avenues that you could take in order to be able to take advantage of the real estate space. One of the most important things is you need to figure out exactly what it is you want. If you're thinking about getting into real estate, and which avenue you can take in order to get there. Some of the resources that we spoke about were the Rich Dad series. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is one of the really good books that you can take a look at by Robert Kiyosaki. Napoleon Hill is also another great author who has a lot of good books as well, Think and Grow Rich and How to Raise Your Salary. And then lastly, uh, The E-Myth 
is a very good book uh, to think about as well. And so we look forward to uh, speaking with you. You can also reach out to us. We'd love to connect with you through our Facebook page on Facebook. You can search for the Jerry Jacoby podcast, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.